Is that better? All right. If you haven't been receiving our, our prayer letter or would like to receive our prayer letter, there's a card out on the table. If you just fill in your name and email address, we don't need everything else, but just your name and email address. We'll make sure you get on our email distribution list. If you can't remember if you're on our list or not, if you haven't gotten a prayer letter within the last two weeks, then you're not on our prayer letter list. And so if you haven't gotten something from us in the last two weeks, please sign up on one of these cards and we'll get you on the list. So thank you for doing that. Uh, We really appreciate and covet your prayers. This morning we're going to talk a little bit about our transition and what we're doing, what we've been doing. And so we're going to start out in the country of Cameroon, which is coming up. It's right there in what we call the armpit of Africa. It's um, south of Ivory Coast, where some of you were were recently. Uh, We lived in the city of Yande, which was 1.4 million people when we arrived seven years ago. And today, there's over 3 million people in the city. So the city has doubled in population uh, during the, the seven years that we were there, which has put a lot of problems in the infrastructure so we were going without water and electric, and we, we shared those sorts of things. So it's a really interesting country, politically the most stable in West Central Africa, but also the most corrupt country in Africa. Um, we were in Cameroon under the umbrella of the Cameroonian Biblical Seminary. In order to be a missionary in Cameroon, you have to have a sponsoring umbrella organization, and so uh, we came in under them. Uh, Their doctrine was the same as ours. Um, Their practices were the same as ours. And we had a a good partnership with the seminary, not only being under their umbrella, but also being able to help them. There's about 18 men preparing for ministry at the seminary. Uh, ABWE brings in two theological educators. uh, They each go in three times a year for three to four weeks and teach modular classes. There's also a a Baptist mid-missionary living on the, the compound teaching Greek and Hebrew and some other New Testament courses. But the seminary is a Cameroonian seminary. It has a Cameroonian president. It is fully funded through the Cameroonian students. And so we, it was a great joy for us to partner with them. This is the, the outside of the church plant that we were involved in. Um, we worked with a Baptist mid-couple, Steve and Beth Galt, and their son Brandon, uh, ministering here. Our two boys attended here with us. And we were involved in developing the leadership of the church. I uh, trained some men for men's ministry, uh, for Bible teaching, Sunday school teachers, those sorts of things. Uh, Our last term, we spent the first year at the church plant as the other church planter was on his furlough. And so by the time he came back, we were able to work ourselves totally out of the church. And we started a community center in the community of Batang. And Batang was just about three miles from our house, but there was probably 200,000 people in between. Uh, The city is very condensed with housing and there's lots lots of people everywhere. But we rented this facility and we used it as an outreach platform. We did uh, classes, and Karen's going to come and talk in a moment about some of the classes she did. Uh, In fact, I'm going to let her start from these.
Okay, this was one of the, the pastors in the area that we partnered with, and he would come to our, our center and do special seminars. And uh, the Pentecostal movement was very strong and large in, in Cameroon, especially in the, the city we were in. And so we would actually invite the Pentecostal pastors to come and discuss theology. Um, and this pastor would uh, lead us through that. And so those are predominantly local pastors. You may notice there's a woman, but... Um, we do not agree with that, do we? But um, she came, and so we were able to try and share truth with her as well. Um, it was at the center. We did movies on the weekends. We did evangelistic movies, and people would come. We did one-on-one Bible studies. We did a Sunday morning Bible study. Uh, the thing we found, we, we could get lots of people, and we had several salvations, uh, but no one would commit regularly coming to a Bible study. And so that was a, a little frustrating and, and disappointing. And after a year, uh, we closed the center because uh, the landlord would not renew our lease. And at that point, we started evaluating the ministry and where God was leading us. Uh, we started out with um, five couples and a single in the country with us. And by that time, we were the only ABW missionaries left. And so we really believe God uses teams and groups of people um, and partnering, and that wasn't happening. And so we started looking and exploring other options, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few moments. But this is the bridge that was on the way to our boys' school, and that kind of shows you some of the, the infrastructure problems uh, we dealt with. So we drove across this, this bridge uh, four times a day, going out and back, out and back. And uh, they since improved it some. But uh, at, at, and it actually got a little worse than this shows 
it got to the point where you'd actually have to get out of your car and make sure the boards are in the right place before you, you, you drove across. But it is, this is the, the road out to the international school, Rainforest International School, where our boys uh, attended high school. Sports were, were very important um, because the, that was the boys' and the students' social life as well. Uh, they got to school about 7 o'clock in the morning and usually got done at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the evening. And uh, then on the weekends, there were activities as well. So a lot of their lives uh, revolved around the school. The school also had 40% Cameroonian students in it. And so there were Muslim students, Hindu students, um, Catholics. There are also some Korean students whose parents were business people in the city, uh, so it was very evangelistic as well. All the parents had to agree that their student would attend Bible classes, that they would be required to memorize Bible verses, and that the Bible was going to really be used in every classroom, and everything was going to be taught through biblical principles. And so they had to sign off on that uh, in order for their, their student to attend. So we saw several salvations every year among the students. They actually had a, a prayer chapel that was recently built uh, for the students to spend time on their breaks and um, during lunch hour to go and have somewhere to pray.
they're real. I never thought I would be living in Pennsylvania, and it was surreal when I realized I have to give up my Michigan driver's license. I've had a Michigan driver's license for 34 years, and I'm like, oh, oh who cares? It's just a driver's license. But it was, I went through all this turmoil, and it's like, I'm going to live in Pennsylvania. Never thought I'd live in Pennsylvania, but about 14 months ago, um, we just began to realize and, and see. God beginning to change the direction of our ministry. Um, we said that the, the ministry center, the, the lease was expiring and they would not renew it. Um, the last partner we had was saying she was 
moving on to a ministry in Montreal. Um, one of the couples we no longer had with us, the wife was medically evacuated, and we went through that trauma. Um, another couple were in French studies in France, and their son had some issues that they had to come back to the States. And so we were just seeing all these doors closing. And so we really just began praying, saying, God, what do you want us to do? Um, the church plant that we had started and worked with, our first term, it was on the path to, to autonomy. Um, we believed within the next six months it would be totally autonomous. There was a Cameroonian pastor. Uh, there was a well-trained group of men, deacons, Bible teachers, Sunday school teachers. And, you know, we were saying, you know, well, we could go back there and, and hang out for two years while Zachary gets through school. And then, you, of course, you say, no, that's, that's not good stewardship. That's not why people have sent us to Cameroon. And so we just began, became very clear that God was leading us elsewhere. So we began praying, and our administrator began sharing some different opportunities in Africa. The teammate from South Africa was back in the States working in the training division and wrote to me and said, would you consider uh, being involved in, in the training of missionaries? You have some gifts and, and skills that we really need because someone is retiring. And so we began praying about that. I actually came back to the States in March, uh, spent time with our home church, praying and, and just talking and getting their counsel. I went to uh, the mission in Pennsylvania and spent eight days with the missionary candidates that were going through the process then, um, talking with the man that was retiring, uh, came back to Michigan, met with the pastor, talked again, went back to Cameroon. Karen and I just began praying, and it was just very clear that God was leading us to a, to a new ministry. And so we wrapped everything up in Cameroon, and in the end of June, we transitioned back to the States. It was an interesting transition a couple of prayer letters ago, we, we talked a little bit about that, but if you remember, we had already planned to come back to the States for six weeks because A.J. was graduating high school and we wanted to get him into college. And with ABWE, if you don't take vacation for two years, then you can take a six-week block to come back for those types of purposes. And so we had already planned to do that, and so we planned to be back for six weeks with A.J., and then it's like, no, we're also going with him. And we had all kinds of things planned and then the new ministry things. So the summer for us was, was just a blur. At, at one point, the four of us were in four different states doing four different things. Uh, so it was a little crazy. Uh, but things have settled down now. Um, our ministries are discipling the disciple makers. And I'm involved in the training division at ABWE. And then Karen is the, the guest house coordinator for the mission and then also assists in some of the CEIM training events. Um, it was a real blessing for Karen to, to have this ministry. Talking with some of the other men who made the transition from the field back to the home office, they said the, the biggest heartache and hardship for them was the fact that they were coming off the field, working in the home office, and their wives didn't have a ministry. Um, because they were used to having a ministry and a local church ministry, and now they were just going to have a local church ministry. And so it was a real blessing that Karen immediately had a ministry she could plug into. And so she's in charge of the guest house facilities. Uh, AWE has a beautiful piece of property. It's all debt-free, um, but it has eight guest rooms on the property. And so when people come in for training, for meetings, uh, they can stay in the guest rooms. And so she coordinates um, the hospitality, the cleaning, the providing of the breakfast foods. Um, 
at the mission. Anything you'd like to add about your ministry? Okay. So I work for the Center for Excellence in International Ministries, or ABW likes to use lots of acronyms, CEIM. And uh, CEIM is basically the training division of the mission. And um, our goal, our purpose, is to pursue ABW's core value of excellence by encouraging, facilitating, and providing ministry-enhancing training for every member of the ABWE global team. So, let me ask you a question. Let's go back one. Every member of the ABWE global team. Who are the members of the ABWE global team? Missionaries? Yes, you are too. It's the churches that support ABW missionaries. It's the pre-fielders who are preparing to go to the field. It's the missionaries on the field. And it's also the home office staff. So our division is in charge of training everyone and helping equip everyone for world evangelism. And so some of the target needs, when I went in March, I started asking, you know, why? And why is there a need for this? Well, um, I shared last night that, you know, 50% of the candidates coming in had never led anyone to the Lord. 80% had never discipled anyone. Um, missions is changing. There's a lot more short-term missions, trips going out. Uh, missionaries, candidates coming into the mission don't have Bible degrees. You know, it used to be missionaries went off to Bible college and then seminary and then went into missions. And they did that for their, their whole life. You know, we're seeing a lot more second and third career people coming into missions. And so they don't have the Bible background, the Bible training. Uh, sometimes they're very limited in their ministry experience, but they believe God is calling them to a, to a cross-cultural ministry somewhere in the world. And so our division is to help equip them and prepare them for the ministries that they have. And so my responsibilities on the team is the pre-field missionary development. That's when somebody applies to the mission agency and as they begin raising their support to the point that they actually leave for the field. So that's one area of my responsibility. There's some different seminars that we lead, and we'll talk about those more in a minute. Then I also am tasked with career missionary development. Uh, helping career missionaries refine and sharpen their skills. It's interesting. Most professions have certain standards. If you're a teacher, you have to continually be educated, don't you? You have to go and get more classes. If you're a doctor or nurse, there's continual professional development. And uh, ABW feels strongly that missionaries need the same thing, that we need to continually be lifelong students, lifelong learners. We continue to need to sharpen our own skills not only through knowledge, but through, through training and, and workshops for, for hands-on things. And so that is part of my responsibility. Then also the growing areas in the area of short-term ministry development. We actually now have a, a four-day training session for any ABW short-termer who goes six months to two years that they're required to come uh, for that training so that they'll be better equipped, they'll understand cultural differences, they'll have a, a little smoother transition culturally into the country and also how to work with other people, not only other missionaries, but also the, the people of the country that they're there to serve and minister to. And so that's an area that we're working continually to develop. And then the good soil training, uh, helping churches here in the States and churches around the world in the area of evangelism and discipleship training. And so those are some of the areas of our responsibility. 
just quickly, the CEIM team, we all work together on some of the big things, but each one of us has a special area that our primary ministry in. Uh, so we have missionary development, which is John Morgan and myself, and our primary focus is the development of missionaries, educationally, ministry skills, those things. Next Generations is Jim Cook, and uh, Jim was a children's pastor, not a youth pastor, but a children's pastor for, for 22 years, and uh, felt God was leading him to have a more global impact, and so he actually goes around the world training children's workers. He uses the story of hope and some other materials to help train our international partners in the area of children's ministry. Uh, international theological education is Dale Marshfield, who we planted a church with in, in South Africa. And Dale works with ABWE, Bible colleges and seminaries, and other Bible college and seminaries that have the same beliefs that we do around the world, helping with the development of their faculty and also the development of their curriculum. And then we have Good Soil with Gil and, and Fred, and their primary ministry is the training of the good soil materials around the world. Uh, they just got back from a 10-day training in Singapore that was not ABWE-based, but uh, a group of Singaporean believers, pastors, contacted them and said, could you come out and, and show us this material and, and train us in how to use it? We want to be better equipped to reach Singaporeans. And so we all work together um, in the CEIM department. In some of the different training events, we have a lot of crossover. So we have a good resource within ourselves. I need three volunteers. Can I have three volunteers? It's not a hard thing. You're going to sit in chairs. Yes, come. You guys come over here and sit. Who wants to be a missionary? All right. Josie, Josie can you just stay right where you are for a second? You can stand. All right. So Josie believes God is calling her into missions. Now, she's a member here at Ambassador Baptist Church, which is very important because I won't talk to Josie, and ABW really won't do much in the way of communications until we know that her pastor believes that God's hand is upon her and that you as a church body want to send her. And so she may contact the mission and say, I'm interested in missions, and we'll just send out the, the blanket material. But then when anything beyond that is, all right, first we need to hear from your pastor and see what he says. So Josie, do you think your pastor's going to send you? No. Yeah. Why not? Because you're too little? All right, we'll use that. Because you're not ready, right? There's some things that have to happen. So, ABWE is a sending, assisting organization. It is not a commissioning organization. The local church commissions, the local church sends the missionary candidate to us. And we just facilitate in the area of training and, and support. So, Josie? Your church says that you're, you're going to be a missionary where? Any country, any place. We're just pretending. How about to the Ivory Coast? Because 
We know some people who are at the Ivory Coast, right? All right, come on, Josie. So, Josie, your church has sent you to AVWE. And so you're going to sit right here in this chair. But your goal is to join the missionaries over here in the Ivory Coast. Okay? Do you want Josie to come work with you? Okay, you'd like to get to know her. Good. Do you think you should get to know them as well? Okay. So we're going to do some communications between the two. As she applies with ABWE, and so she wants to go to the Ivory Coast, we're going to put her in contact with the Ivory Coast and let her communicate with them back and forth so that she knows what their philosophy of ministry is, so that she knows what kind of ministries they're involved in. And so they can start corresponding and, and saying, all right, is this going to be a good fit or not? Uh, you know, a lot of times, though, Josie will actually take a quick trip over and visit with them, and then she'll come back. So Josie wants to go to the Ivory Coast. She's applied with ABWE, and when she applies, she gives us six references, plus her parents and her pastor. And so ABWC thought references to all those people and asks all kinds of good questions. Uh, it's all done online now. Um, they fill out forms and everything. And the last question that is asked is, can you name three other people that know Josie? And so those three people get a questionnaire. And by the time we're done with Josie, we're going to have probably 100 references on her. Because the people on the fringe of someone's life give a more adequate open, transparent, accurate evaluation. You know, moms and dads normally say really great things about their kids, which is good, and we want to hear the good things. But we also need to know are there areas that they're struggling in, because those are the areas that Satan will use to attack them on the field. You know, we, we have found this historically. And so if we know there could be a little issue, we want to address that here in the States before they go to the field where they're going to have a lot of other pressures uh, on them. So, we're leaving the local church, in this case, and then going to the next step, where the local church then sends Josie to candidate seminar for 10 days. And during that seminar, she's going to learn all kinds of things about ABWE. They're going to go over, she's going to have read their doctrine, she's going to read all the statements, but she's really now going to begin to interact with those statements, and she's going to also be communicating with these folks over in the Ivory Coast. And she's going to go through that process. And there's a lot of training. Um, you know, there's finances. How do you contact churches? So it's 10 days of training to prepare her to begin her pre-filled ministry. Now, during candidate seminar, she will be worked through what we call the grid. This is where I sit down with Josie and I talk to her. And I said, all right, Josie, you believe God is calling you to the Ivory Coast. You've been talking with them. They, they want you to come work with them. And uh, what do you want to do in the Ivory Coast? Would you like to be a nurse? Or would you rather be a children's teacher? You like a children's teacher? All right. So, Josie's going to be a children's teacher. 
And so we actually work through this grid. Who she is, what her background is, and where she's going to go. And so, do you have a, a teacher certificate? No. All right, so I think we need to work on that. Okay? Um, have you ever shared about Jesus to people? No? Okay, so we're going to work on that. We're going to work on some evangelism and discipleship. And so we're just going to actually work her through this missionary grid. We, we look at education, the amount, the equality. Is it appropriate for what they want to do overseas? We look at their ministry experience in the areas of evangelism, discipleship, Bible teaching. Have they had um, any involvement in church planting here in the States? And then we also look at their ministry and professional training. And um, this is important. We want them to have the biblical knowledge, and we want them to be good students, but we also want them to be able to take what they know and share it with someone else. And so we want them to have those ministry tools that they can effectively do their ministry on the field. And, um, you know, Josie has only worked with children. And so I would call her pastor and say, Pastor, wow, what a great girl. I mean, she has just done some wonderful things with children. God has really blessed her in that ministry. But when she gets to the field, do you have older women in the Ivory Coast? So she's going to be interacting not only with children, but the Ivory Coast. Because she is a missionary, people will put her on a higher pedestal expecting her to know more than someone else because obviously she came there to do something. And so she obviously must be an expert to be willing to go and do something. So I would call the pastor and I would say, Pastor, can we uh, get her involved in some women's ministries at the church? Is there a woman in the church she could disciple? Uh, the current ladies' Bible study teacher, could she kind of take Josie under her wing and, and help her be really good working with women? And so we just work, look through that. We look through cultural preparation. Has she had any overseas experience? Uh, if she had never been to the Ivory Coast, we may recommend that she go and actually see what it's like and the living conditions. Uh, linguistic preparations. Uh, does she need counseling and marriage? Are you and your husband getting along all right? You don't have a husband. All right, so we don't have to worry about marital counseling for her. <laughs> How are your finances? And this is really is a, a big issue, finances. Um, and so, you know, we have to do a lot of financial counseling that we then send them to someone else to do the, the counseling areas. But we, yeah, we don't want them to leave with any of these issues, as I said earlier. So... We work her through the grid, and at the end of candidate seminar, she gets a printout of her assignments. And so, as she is raising her support, she also is working on being better qualified and equipped to go to the field. And so, stand up, Josie, because we're, we're going to move you toward the Ivory Coast. So, to get a little bit closer, she goes to good soil training for two days. It's held in July and other times during the year. And she'll learn some tools and methods of evangelism. You can sit down. And we talked about the story of hope and the way to joy. She'll learn how to use those. But she'll also um, learn how to use, not just for adults, but the children's issue, which is for Sunday school, Adventures in the Story of Hope. She'll also learn how to use it as ESL, 
ESL is a tremendous way to meet people and build relationships around the world. Uh, you know, English, everyone wants to speak English. One of the reasons is like 85% of the internet content is English-based. Um, world business, world travel is all English-based. And people believe if they know English, um, they'll have a foot up. Uh, at Zachary's school in Harrisburg, they actually have eight Korean students, eight, eight Korean students who aren't there for education really, because the Korean educational system is far superior. They're there to learn English. Their parents are sending them to the States for a year so they can learn English. And so ESL is a great way to reach people. And so we have resources for that, and we'll cover that during that. And then the story of hope for kids. So as she's going through Prefield, what are you guys doing as a church? Praying. Good. You're praying. You're encouraging her. Pastors calling other pastors, trying to get her meetings. And so as she raises her support, stand up. She continues down her journey of also being trained and prepared. And so the next thing that happens, when she hits 50% of her financial support, she comes back to ABWD for five days for the Essential Missions Components course, which is basically a church planting course. Also during that time, they, if, do you have, you're not married. Okay, can we pretend that you have kids, that you're married and have kids, just for like 30 seconds? All right. If Josie was married and had children... Not a commissioning, recognition. A recognition, sorry, excuse me. A recognition service for children. So this mom and dad went through the service, their kids went through the kid missionary service, and then they can all together say, okay, we feel as a family unit, we're really ready to go. Meanwhile, the adults are learning about church planning and how everyone's role has to fit in the vision of ABWE, which is to start independent Baptist churches that then reproduce, that then start mission movements. And so we've, we've seen this. Uh, Hong Kong is one of our oldest fields. Hong Kong is to the point now that we don't have a lot of direct missionaries going in for church planning because the Hong Kong people are doing church planning. And now the Hong Kong people are sending missionaries 
uh, to South Africa and other places in, in the world. And so that, that's our goal. All right, our time is moving along, so we're going to move along. So stand up, Josie. We're going to move you. Let's move you around this way so everyone can see you. We're going to move you here. What are you guys doing while she's going through this process? Good. You're praying, communicating. You guys are praying, communicating. I'm praying and communicating with her. The next thing she attends is when she hits, oh, core classes. Um, no matter what you do in ABWE, if you're going to be a nurse, a doctor, a guest house coordinator, an evangelist, a church planter, everyone at ABWE has to have a minimum of four Bible classes, no matter what you do. You have to have New Testament, Old Testament, a Bible study methods class, and a missional theology class. That's required of everyone. If you want to be a church planner, you need to have a four-year Bible degree or a seminary degree. But depending on what you do, the minimum is four Bible classes. So she hasn't had any Bibles, so she's going to take basic missional theology. She's going to take some Old Testament and a Bible study methods. So next, stand up. She is just out visiting, visiting churches and just people are praying and God's providing her support. And now she's at 85% of her support. And she comes back to ABWA for a 10-day training course called, one more, Field Preparation Seminar. And at Field Preparation Seminar, they learn some really practical things. How do you actually move? How do you uh, get a power of attorney, a will, who's taking care of your mail here in the States? You know, some very practical things. Uh, they have a couple sessions on medical care. They get specific information on the different shots they have to have, how to get visas, uh, child safety is covered. Personal safety is covered. Uh, they have a two-day class on communication skills because she doesn't know these folks real well and they don't know her. And so if we have a common language, common style of, of communicating, that'll help her integration into the team there. And so um, that goes for 10 days. At that point, she's had 85% of her support coming in and usually the rest comes in very quickly. So Josie, the next thing you do is you stand up. You go back to your pastor And the local church has a commissioning service. And the local church commissions her, prays for her, and then, Josie, they send you ta -ta -da, to the field, to the Ivory Coast, where you then interact and you do your ministries with those people. Now, my role with Josie's not done. It's very heavy during this time. But our department then does continual training for missionaries on the field. So we'll have a regional conference where three or four different countries will get together, have a big conference, and myself or someone else will come out and, and do some further training. And then when she comes back on furlough, we have different seminars and workshops that she can attend to further develop her skills. So let's give these folks a big round of applause for being such great helpers. So that's basically how someone from the church goes to the field and how I kind of walk alongside them during that process. We don't have any time for questions. So at lunchtime, ask me questions and I'll try to rotate around the different tables. So thank you for your attention and um, thank you for assisting. Wow, perfect.